0: Welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast with me, Kathy Love. I'm a business coach who helps allied health professionals run powerful and profitable businesses in the disability sector. Join me for cutting edge interviews with leaders in the allied health and business fields, along with plenty of practical content that you can use to make your business practice perfect. Hello, everybody here. I've got two guests for your listening pleasure in this episode of the podcast. I've got the uh, the founders uh, from BE Software International. You would know them by their household name of um, Insight Practice Management Software. So Renato is here and Leon Che. Welcome, guys. Hello. 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 We were just saying that, um, what is it, second or third time uh, lucky on getting this conversation on the uh, on the Pixel. So, Leon, mm. introduce yourself. What's the story? Well,
1: hello. My name is Leon Che. I uh, am the general manager here at PE Software. I've been here probably for about two and a half, going on three years now, and absolutely love what I do. So, um, in terms of, I guess, where I come from, I'm, I'm a bit of a varied background and have experience in employment services, allied health, training RTOs and, uh, and a few other areas as well. But it's, uh, it's been a welcome change to get into a software space and, and help clients who are really, I guess, championing the software to a level that is even, I guess, uh, word of mouth at this stage. We're getting referrals through that, that avenue. Yeah. So really yeah. loving that.
0: Mm. I'm just thinking of the last three years of you in this role. Mm. So that first year must have been sweet. <laughs>
1: Uh, it was it was a difficult year actually.
0: <laughs> I had to learn
1: a lot of information and uh, take that through to training sessions with clients and setup sessions alike. So uh, it's it was pretty full on, and at the same time, I dealt with a lot of the compliance factors as well. So yeah. ISO certifications and so on. Yeah,
0: mm. and then there was that COVID thing that we. Yeah, that little
1: that little that little
0: yeah. blip on the radar. Yeah. That little yeah. thing. <laughs>
1: And fortunately enough, we were already set up in a space being a cloud software who could operate from home and do it well. So, um, you know, we really felt for providers going through that who didn't have as much freedom or as much setup with a cloud-based software, Mm. Um, we actually found that. Our our sales improved for that process because people were looking for cloud based solutions.
0: Yeah, quite quickly. Yeah, overnight, yeah. if you could. That was another part, it. getting
1: them up and running very quickly. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank uh, you, thank you, good. Renato.
2: Hello, hello. So, Renato, uh, I'm the CEO and founder of uh, B Software. Our flagship product is Insight, which I'm um, uh, exceptionally proud of. Uh, we started back in 2004 and um, we started providing services to insurance companies. So we currently provide services to 39 insurers uh, around Australia and we developed our flagship product, Insight, uh, and um it's now available in seven countries. We're about to launch into an eighth country. Well, we have launched with the clients are going live in, uh, in a week or so. It's quite a large client in South Africa. So Not we'll uh, officially be in eight countries. And I, I still pinch myself daily um, that this is occurring. Um, so, yeah, extremely thrilled. My background, um, I'm a software engineer by profession. So I was uh, one of the original architects on the platform. I came from a financial uh, tech space. Uh, I used to live and work in the UK with a fintech firm. We got acquired by Norwich Union, which allowed me to come back to Australia and, um, and start my own thing. And here we are today.
0: Pinching yourself every day. What, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen, Renato, with this software? Look,
2: it, it, it's it's I, I don't know, I, 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 and and I really don't know where where we're going tomorrow. It's it's incredible the um the opportunities that are getting presented to us almost on a weekly basis. And one of the things I'm most proud of, like our engineering staff, uh, we're, we're a very flat organization. Um, we don't really have much of a hierarchy. If anything, I kind of. Get told what to do. Uh, Leon's very good at telling me what to do.
0: Leon knows Uh, what's happening tomorrow. It's all under control. Yeah, so he's
2: he's in charge of that. Um, But what I really am thrilled every single day, where we would do a demonstration to organisations in the US, Canada, UK, Singapore, wherever, and we we are competing against local providers local software solutions, mm-hmm. and there's a bias there for, for those clients to choose local providers for, for reasons which are rather obvious. And I'll, I'll say that at least on 80% of the occasion, they're choosing Insight, and that that is an incredible, uh, incredibly humbling where, you know, there's a small little software company, oh, there's 43 of us now, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're small cozy yeah and you know we're 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 able to to win those sorts of those sorts of uh, contracts um against local competition in countries where we in a lot of countries where we actually don't have a physical presence so we have a physical presence in a number of countries but in a lot of these countries we actually don't have a physical presence um, so that's yeah that's really humbling and uh, mm. I feel blessed You're very much
0: Yeah, so maybe fly us in at the risk of being here for the next three or four days about what makes Insight stand out and different. And I'll just, I'll give you full sweep. I'll just go put the kettle on and come back because I'm surprised how few people know about it.
2: Mm, So
0: take it away. I'll just pin my ears back.
2: Yeah, look, I, I think there's two parts to it. One is, you know, insights a, a complete end-to-end practice management and case management platform so you know it's a it's a tool in your toolkit uh, it's the type of tool that whether you're a sole provider a small to medium-sized business or a large enterprise it's going to be able to service your needs you'll use the areas of the platform that are relevant to to your business and needs and where you're going to get a return on investment but I think that's only that's only part of it the the other part is really the team um it is obvious and i see it every single day just how much uh, affection there is for our clients and that shows in terms of in terms of the the efforts we go to in providing support um going beyond and above just what, just what the staff and the team do going beyond and above they do things for clients that they've not been asked to do but you know, they put themselves in the client's shoes and, and say, you know, if I was in their shoes, what would be, what would be the, uh, the magic wand solution? And they're providing it. Um, we go beyond and above when it comes to compliance. We, we, we spend a lot of money in terms of, in terms of our accreditations, um, GDPR, HIPAA, PIPEDA, ISO two, uh, 27001 and ISO 9001 these are accreditations where you know we don't necessarily need but having them has made us a better company um and i I really have you know people like leon to thank for that because he's really been steering the ship in relation to that um Mm.
0: leon what do you want to add
1: look, I think that from a a level of service, what we do really well is engage with those prospects and clients on a level that a lot of other softwares don't. So um, first of all, understand their business and, and the need that they have from the software solution they're looking for and understanding how we can work with the current system parameters to set up a system that will work for them day in, day out. And although it may take a bit of time to get them set up, the hard work at the beginning results in a lot of automation at the end and processes that save time, which a lot of our clients, they don't see at the forefront on set up, but as soon as they start using the software, they're absolutely gobsmacked by what it can do. And often we'll have clients that will come to us with a problem and we already have a solution, they're just not aware of it. So it's it's very humbling, like Renato said, to see not only that the time that you invest pay off with those clients, but also in terms of what they get from the software. If you can save someone time in a space that they're currently operating in effectively, at the end of the day, they're going to thank you until the two cows come home. Mm-hmm. But it's more important for us as a software provider to ensure that their delivery of onboarding and service thereafter is as top as possible at the game that we can provide. So it's it's important to us on all spectrums. Um, yeah. But as a software, I think we've done really well. I think the the reason people don't, probably hear about us as much as we don't hugely invest in uh, SEO marketing and, and the like. We rely heavily on word of mouth. Um, and that, that comes through as well when you've got relationships between clients who work closely together or have operated in the same company. And generally that's how they come to us is via word of mouth. So that, again, is very humbling because you, you know in that sense that you're doing the right thing by your current client base as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've really, really loved working here. I also really love working under Renato. He's a great boss. Um, Not to inflate his head any more than it (laughs) needs to be, but uh, uh, he's really, you know, down to earth. Very much one of the team. Doesn't like to be called boss, and I think that really shows in how the team works together and for our clients.
0: Yeah that's cool I think that can go on the record (laughs) it's pretty reasonable so when someone kind of phones when an allied health business owner phones you up or sends an email or books a demo whatever what what problems are they coming to you with Mm. like they could go to anybody what what are they coming to you trying not to cry about
2: yeah so so uh, it could be in relation to um, needing separate, you know, presently they might be using a separate system to manage their employees' timesheets and KPIs. Mm-hmm. If they've got subcontractors or casual staff managing their remuneration, ours is a an all-inclusive platform. Uh, it could be in relation to uh, automation of of documents and reports and performers. So, you know, from our system, we we uh, link directly with Microsoft Office. So if you upload a template to um, your document repository, you can create a report based on that template, and it will pre-populate it with over two hundred fields that are in the database. It's a huge time saver and greatly reduces human error. In uh, in Australia, the um, the funding plans for NDIS and and other allied health is probably uh, we probably have the by far the most powerful funding plan. Uh, manager that there is so we will automate reminders from things like you know how many days from a funding plan's scheduled completion date do you want to be notified and this is configurable at an organizational level so it might be 60 days you can set particular milestones within within a funding plan so the therapists are aware that certain tasks need to be done and perhaps you want to set them a reminder 14 days prior when it comes to budgets you know, an automated reminder will be sent out, for example, when you've exhausted 70% or more of its approved budget. So, you know, they're, they're typically the types of things that, that people are concerned about. Um, also, because our platform is really configurable, a lot of other platforms out there are cookie cutter. What you'll need to do is you'll need to modify your business yep. and It'll your practice around. Yep. To, to suit the platform. Um we, we really developed the platform in a way so that would not be the case. We want our software to support the practitioners or the practices' best practice. You know, we, we're really good software engineers. We should not be telling allied health professionals the best way to run an adult, allied health practice. So that's the idea. So when, when a, an organisation comes on board, for example, and this is complimentary, we do it with everyone regardless of size, we will send out what's called a welcome pack and we'll organise a kickstart meeting. In that meeting, we'll discuss things like the terminology of the platform so we speak the same language, but we treat it very much as a consulting session. So what we want to do is we want to understand the organisation where they are today, what their roadmap is moving forward, and it's just a discussion. I ask a series of questions. Then what we do is we step into the welcome pack, we focus on the areas within the welcome pack that are relevant, based on the discussion we just had. The client will then return that welcome pack back to us. It'll go to our provisioning team. And typically within five days, they will deliver the platform and that organization is ready to hit the ground running.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think some of the other draw cards for the software are things like bulk invoicing. Uh, A lot of features, uh, systems even like Xero don't don't perform bulk invoicing well. We have other features that allow you to send the emails that that are invoice-related via bulk actions too. Uh, And we have, I guess, a lot of sub-features that have just been developed over time because the need has arisen amongst the client cohorts we support Um, But a lot of that's transferable in the allied health industry. So a lot of the features we developed when we started uh, building the software for Wokere, return to work providers, it was primarily focused around the the return to work providers. But over time, it's morphed into becoming something that is such a scalable software for providers to, again, customise to their need uh, that really just returns in the result that they're absolutely, yeah, very happy with. So. I I really love the fact that we can champion those sorts of features and highlight them to providers who just don't know they exist. So, uh, a lot of the time, you know, it's hard to get that word out about what does exist in the software um, from a specific level because it is so, so, so scalable. Uh, But once they know about it, you know, they're lifelong clients. We've got very, very few cancellations, which is great.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Two features that I hear a lot about is the timer for report writing. Yeah, winner winner chicken dinner, <laughs> yeah. and being able to just drag and drop emails. Uh, ah, yeah.
1: yes, yes, I love
2: yeah. yes that report timer. It, it, there's an interesting issue that there's um we've got a a, a very large organisation in the UK. They're a VC firm that has acquired private hospitals and and uh, and lots and lots of allied health. And we went to tender, and they're using Insights. So I think there's maybe eight thousand practitioners across the UK that are that are on the platform through that network. They, um, they piloted the live timer, I think it's probably about six years ago now, um, and they, they sort of said to us, look, we, you know, we believe that uh, uh, clinicians are sort of underestimating the amount of time that they're taking. And I, I, thought, oh, really? I
1: thought,
2: really? I thought, oh, geez, if anything, that you, you would. Overestimate. Overestimate. But, um, okay, so let's, let's give it a go. So we piloted it across a few of the organisations within that particular group. And the the difference, you know, where so, someone would say, oh, it took me 10 minutes, but it wasn't. It was 17 or 20 minutes. Um, and then you multiply that out over, oh. over, over a number of clinicians and, and a period of time. That equates to a sort of significant dollar amount. And so they uh, they piloted it for, uh, for a period of about, I think it was at least three months. And then obviously we did a general release and we made it available mm-hmm. to everyone within the Insight ecosystem. But, um, yeah, that's got an interesting history of that. Um, I was quite surprised.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not, and um, on behalf of everyone, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just that reality check. It's just this clinical thinking of it It only took me 10 minutes, but it took mm. 17.
2: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and, look, I guess that alludes to the way that our, our business model – So. We're contractually obliged as part of our service agreement with our clients to do a software update at a minimum of every 12 weeks. Now, I will say it's a lot more frequent than that. It's like almost every six to eight weeks. We've got lots of different streams, lots of different teams running mm-hmm. with different parallel streams. But it's approximately 90% of what goes into us software update is actually input from our user community. And since 2004, the system has evolved. Very much with that mindset, so that's our business model. So it's it's not uncommon where someone who hasn't been exposed to the platform they 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 first lay eyes on it and it feels familiar to them because it's been there's been a lot of input by practitioners not dissimilar to themselves. Um, we're going to continue doing that. We you know we we, we think that that's a winning model, and um, we're going to continue to listen to our clients. Um, and I will say, I I think. Like working in this particular industry, coming from fintech, the people here are beautiful, like mm. our clients mm. are just gorgeous um they're such such nice people um and uh i i yeah i i just it's i just love ball. working with them yeah, they're just well, I guess you get into allied health because you you want to help people that you know that's mm. that's an inherent nature that you, you potentially possess to want to get in there um and working with people um who who possess those characteristics it, yeah it just I don't even think it's I, to me it doesn't feel like work mm-hmm. i i just I just enjoy the uh the relationship that we that we forge with everyone, so really lucky
0: Leon, you probably get more of the the customer questions. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I get a lot of them actually. <laughs> a great deal of them. what would you like to know?
0: <laughs> well, I guess um, I think something that would be worth chatting about is, oh, that deep breath of i know i I want to change systems, I need to change systems. Mm-hmm. I'll just make a decision in November and do it over the summer. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that happen <laughs> yeah but quite often. what are what are some of the considerations? To help business owners decide about mm. this change and when, why mm. and when, so people I turn think, themselves mm-hmm. inside out over this
1: I do you're right. I think really it comes down to what does your business need at the end of the day and, and what where are your pain points now? Where are you spending a lot of your time? Where are you spending a lot of that wasted waste time, of time? Right. Um, that could be automated, that could have a quicker process in place? Ultimately, it's about comparison. So a lot of providers, when they've come to us, they've already looked at a few softwares. um, They've maybe had a few trials of a few different platforms and they're just really not sure what offers the best solution for their business. So often more than not, it's a matter of going into detail, a bit of a discovery call about what they need from the software in terms of automations, in terms of processes that are failing at the moment, where they've got pain points in their current process, and what their current system provides to them that, I guess, Insight can build further on. So add to that uh, list of features and assets. And because we've been developing for so long, for since 2004 now, we have features that I would say will attract 99% of clients who come to us or prospects who come to us. The the choice about which platform to choose, I guess at the end of the day, is a combination of factors. And a lot of the time I find we have clients or prospects who really value customer service that they're not getting elsewhere. Um, And I think with any software, it's very important to consider that. You, You do need often... To get access support or to access training or, or other services for setup and if that is not a responsive process with your software provider often you fall down on the relationship in terms of whether you trust that provider whether you feel like they're going to be responsive in the future and if you're going to get your dollars worth out of that software as well. So I think in terms of helping providers to make a decision it's really just Talk with us about what you need from the software, what you're currently missing from, I guess, the processes you perform every day and what's taking the most time now for you to perform those tasks. And then we discuss further about how the software can help them in specific areas. That's usually what a demo tailors towards in terms of what do they require from the software. Um, But ultimately, yeah, it's it's about customer service, the product itself, the feature feature sets it entails, And for them, I guess, also knowing that the software is going to work for their business. So that's the hardest part because often providers are burnt by other providers. Mm. Um, They've been told or promised things that don't come to fruition and they're kind of, you know, they're at their wits' end in terms of whether they should even move at all. And then there's the whole process of moving data from one platform to another and we're very confident in that process. So... A lot of the time, I'd probably say at least 80% of the time, we're dealing with providers who already have a software in place and they've already made the decision to move to Insight based on its its feature sets and, and services. Um, and we can go down a migration path with them. That will still include the standard provisioning that Renato explained, except we'll meet with them, we'll get a data set, we'll work on that data set to pre-map it, we'll then deploy it to a testing environment, make sure it's right, and when we've, we've decided on a go-live date, we'll do it over a closure period of a weekend so that the business is not affected. They simply see out their old system in one week and enter into the new system in the next with training involved around that as well. So I, I find that, yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the apprehension to move is based on oh, I've got so much investment in this software right now that I just don't have the time or the energy to invest in another software being built for me. We'll just make this
0: work. Yes. Just make the devil work. No. And yeah.
1: exactly right. And so we'll go and provision that. Uh, We'll we'll release the data as agreed. We'll have a go live session where we talk about what we've done in the setup so they can continue to administer that. And then we'll um, allocate training time to them as well. So often by the time they've had their go live session, their first set of training, they're hitting the ground running, billing, adding cases, adding invoices, and so on. And and, yeah,
2: it's it's a
0: very breezy process for most of the part. Mm-hmm. Renato, anything to add?
2: Oh, I'm glad that Leon brought up the, the migration team. So yeah. we've, we've got a dedicated data migration team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have migration scripts for a lot of the commercial platforms out there, but also we have clients who come to us with homegrown systems yep. um, where we have to create custom import scripts It's something that we're really good at. Um, and one of the things that I think has burnt software companies time and time again is there's a lot of cowboys out there that'll, you know, sort of promise you that, oh, this is easy. It's kind of like, you know, a a 10 minute job type thing. And and two weeks later, they're still solving the the solution. And there's
0: just data all over the place.
2: So one of the things that, that differentiates us is we know that we're dealing with health records. We know that we're dealing with private information. We are an extremely conservative organization when it comes to clients data and the, um, the migration of that data. And, um, so yeah, I couldn't be prouder of our migrations team. They, they do an exceptional job. And Leon's right that. You know, if you've been using a system for a number of years and you've now made the decision, look, I need to move all of that collateral that you have in your legacy system, you know, being able to extract that information. If we can make that easy for people, mm-hmm. then that, that takes a huge weight of people's shoulders. And, uh, and we do that. Um, like our engineering team. It's a no-brainer. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll say, "Look, you know, stop entering the information into your parent system. Close the business Friday, so that way they're not impacted." And then they will schedule over the weekend to, to, de- you know, import and deploy a uh, a migration script that has already been QA'd by the client. So on Monday morning, the client ah, is ah. ready to go and hit the ground running. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm extremely grateful for the engineering team to, to be able to accommodate that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And smart cookies.
2: They're Sounds smart.
0: like it because, it, yeah, you just don't want stuff ending up in the wrong place on, for Monday morning. It's interesting, right. um, you know, the, well, it's interesting, it's crucial, the comment about privacy and compliance. Mm. I am getting asked more about cyber safety, right. compliance with privacy probably in the last month, two months, What year are we? 2022, (laughs) April. It's really been a hot topic this year.
2: Yeah. yeah. We invest heavily in that. So I mentioned earlier the number of accreditations that that we have. Mm. Um, Further to that, one thing that's unique on the Insight platform is we offer what's called a single tenanted environment. And without going into too much techno speak, What that really means is that every organization on our platform, regardless of size, they have their own private database and their own private document management system. We don't share resources across organizations. Um, The data, for example, is encrypted at rest and transit. So when, when information is sitting in any of our repositories in any of the countries that we provision services, even though our engineering staff is managing the infrastructure, we can't physically see any of the data sitting inside mm-hmm. that. It's encrypted. The only time we could ever see the data is someone in support was doing a screen share session, for example, with a client. The moment the client stopped sharing their screen during that support mm-hmm. session, they would lose access. Um, we, and we also go beyond and above where we we engage, we we have third-party tools that, that monitor and scan our system fortnightly it's an external tool we also have an external company that does penetration testing on our platform mm-hmm. every 3 months now from an iso perspective we only need to do it every 12 uh, 12 months but we actually do it every 3 months and we we're happy to you know we we have clients who frequently ask us you know our funder is looking for the latest copy of your penetration test report so we have those documents that are publicly available upon request. So they're the type of things that we're doing internally. We we engage in tra- in training where um, organisations um, would 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 try to to manipulate um, any of the support staff. Um, social so, engineering, yeah, social engineering. So 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 as part of our ISO, we. We engage in in our internal training to, to, to make sure that that is mitigated. That risk is mitigated um, from a security and you know using that hacker term. I, I think um, I think that the biggest risk to any organisation is really social engineering. Um, and I'm you to describe see, a little more what that is? So it can it can appear um, in, in many ways. One could be, let's say we had a staff, uh, someone contact us and they were a disgruntled employee, they'd just been terminated and the organisation has disabled their account so they no longer have access to their insight to Lindsay. But a form of social engineering could be that they contact us in a half, oh, look, you know, I've been locked out of my system, mm-hmm. I need to have access, my manager needs me to complete this report, And I need such and such permissions in order to do so. So human nature is where you, and and that's where social engineering, they they feed on that. You want to help this person. But what you need to do is you need to step back and say, hang on, is this person an authorised signatory on this particular account? The answer is no. So in that case, what we'll do is we'll escalate that to an authorised signatory, and they have the ability to be able to request and enable that that access if they need it um in other ways um you see it happening on a daily basis with emails where people are sort of flashing you know that you've got a um an invoice coming from your uh your bank and um you know and they'll they'll have nab spelt slightly differently <laughs> uh, in the domain but it will yep. kind of look yep. like it and um you know, click on this link because uh, your your account's been uh, compromised, and you need to change your password. It's a, it's simple things like that, and most people oh, don't fall for yeah. it. But um, you hear horror stories of people mm. who do. There was actually one on current Affair last night where this elderly couple um, received a uh, an email. They thought it was from their real estate agent to transfer the deposit. Um, they provided. Um, they were provided banking details. It looked like an email from a real estate from their real estate agent. Those banking details were clearly not the real estate agent's, and it went into somebody else's account, and then very quickly was sent overseas. Um, and uh, it, it was a good story in the end because the bank um, came to the rescue and gave mm. them their money back. And it was it was something in the order of fifty two thousand dollars that they um, wow. had lost. Gosh, so gosh, gosh. Those, those stories are, are occurring on a daily basis um, and the people who are, are performing that form of social engineering, you know, they're, um to, to a large extent, they're very clever and it's a full-time job mm-hmm. for them. So,
1: and One know. other thing I'd like to add to the security factor is um, a lot of clients, particularly large um, providers, They often receive security questionnaires and due diligence questionnaires that they need to complete, often to a level that they don't even understand the content. Um, We have a complimentary service where we do that for them. So as part of what we do within ISO and our other certifications, uh, we have the information at hand. Clients can leverage off our certifications. And as I guess as, a, as an added benefit of being a software uh, insight customer, we are able to fill in the due diligence questionnaires and security questionnaires that uh, are answered to a level expected by those funding bodies. Uh, and, and then they just fill in the gaps. So what is useful to them is not only that, again, the software, but the component of security and service that we provide. So that's where it
2: comes in really handy for providers who are filling those in. Yeah, they get to piggyback off our accreditations without mm. they themselves having to reinvent the
0: wheel. Yeah, all figuring it out themselves. So ultimately mm. a, a time saver, but also that sleep at night factor. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm curious to know uh, what trends you've noticed in the last five years, thinking about all the businesses, all shapes and sizes. Maybe we'll just keep it to the Australian context. What have you noticed
1: in growth in MDIS
0: yes,
2: is uh, is one. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huge. Uh, absolutely. Um, I I I love the fact that the clients are uh, are really in tune with what's happening in terms of um, automation mm-hmm. and linking linking different systems together. Um, so they they're choosing best of breeds from different systems and then wanting them to connect by via APIs and um, and we have APIs. Coming out of insight that allow people to mm. facilitate that, um, so so that's really that's really exciting that we're we're speaking to a captive audience and, and given that we're techies that they're becoming <laughs>
0: techies. happy days.
2: Yeah, it is happy days. I think also um, we've already touched on the security, so we've sort of done that to death. I, you know, I see that that that's only ever going to increase. We used to have funders. Where it would be every two years, they would request a security questionnaire from our clients, and now those same funders, some of them are now requesting information where they've engaged a third party every six months. So the onus on on organisations uh, where they're responsible for the safekeeping of those health records, um, it, it's only it's only increasing. Yeah. Um, I, I see a lot where they're wanting to track staff efficiencies so the emphasis on things like kpis timesheets billable hours billable dollars non-billable work so we have the ability to be able to track your non-billable work as well you know are people where where are people spending the time in terms of training staff supervision um internal meetings and and it allows it the data is you know you can't lie with the data the data's there it's Mm. black and white and it allows organizations to make those fine tuning adjustments so they get that sweet spot spot between operational efficiency and also being a uh, an employer of choice yeah
1: yeah i think also um
2: in terms of what
1: i've noticed we've got a bit of A lot more word of mouth referrals as our clientele base grows, which is expected as well, as long as we're doing what we need to be doing in the service area. Um, And also, I guess, with the growth of social media, we're seeing a lot more people who know more about the softwares on the market and know more about the capabilities of said softwares. So often it's not as frequent that we would get people you know, undecided on where to go. It's more frequent that they're decided on what they need, but they just don't know which software is going to be best for them long-term. So I think that that coupled with everything that happens in a, in a person's life these days and p- people becoming more time poor, um, we're getting a lot less uh, time spent with providers where we need to convert those to deals, so to speak, uh, because they're already, you know, oh, far. They've got the shopping enough. list. Yeah, they've got the shopping list. Yeah. They know yep. what they need. They don't want to spend too long, long in the shop. They just want to get in, get out, and have a system that works for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. Are you getting asked more about the reports and the and mm, analytics? Yeah. That's
1: a very good point. Um, yeah. We do. We do get often quite a lot of questions about reporting, and although we have a pretty robust reporting system built into the software, we also have the capability either via API, which would be a custom build, or via ODBC connection, which is essentially a a pool data tool where you can Mm -hmm. use things like Crystal Reports or Tableau or Power BI. You can draw on all the data you see or primarily most of the data you see in your database and you can build your own custom reports. So a lot of the time that is a question that gets raised is what is the reporting capability of the software, but also what other additional options do we have if we grow to a level where we need more sophisticated reporting options and the system supports both. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear a bit more about the reports that you've got. Maybe Mm -hmm. not every single one, but um, Mm -hmm. it's certainly one I get on the shopping list when people ask me what I think. Mm -hmm. We
1: have many different ones. Um, We have the case list report, which really allows an uh, an individual because each login is specific, each save is specific for each user. So you can create report profiles that you can run frequently as often as you like based on only certain criteria. One of those is the case list, where we see all of the case list data, but we just cannot report specifically on it from the case list. So we have a report that allows a user to customize each of their profiles under those settings that they've enabled and draw on different data each time they run a saved profile report.
2: It allows resource planning as well. Yeah. Um, So as an example, like our reports, you may have a, a particular report, but we may actually provide you half a dozen different ways of viewing the information. Mm-hmm. So if we gave the example um, caseload for the practitioners, you know how many cases are assigned to each of the practitioners, that gives you one view. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at the view from how much um, unspent funding okay. yep. is assigned across each of the practitioners, then you have a very different view in terms of which of these practitioners has more bandwidth um we also have the ability to be able to filter by practitioner quals so um and in the system um there's actually a, a hr module which we've just is just getting piloted by um, a large national provider and that allows even to the granular level of you know does this person have a current working with children's check do they have a police check what um you know do they have particular vaccines and things like that that it might be required in order to facilitate that treatment and there's automated reminders about renewals and things like that i've probably misspoken by talking about the hr logic because nobody knows about it
0: oh okay um, we'll but, just
2: hold that off then yeah because we we haven't made that
0: what public. hr module <laughs> The one you're thinking about
2: yeah but um yeah, it's due for release any day
1: though. So yeah.
2: we're pretty confident to talk about it in that nature. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's been it's been piloted by a large national provider that have had a lot of input mm-hmm. into it. And we've also reached out to a few other organizations who have showed an interest in that. Um, so so that one there is a real game changer mm-hmm. uh, yep. for us. Um, we sort of break the reports, and we're talking about the built-in reports here. One is where we're talking about the particular caseload. You know, there might be things like file reviews, uh, monthly referral reports, um, uh, case lists, case outcomes and things like that. And then we have um, a whole suite of reports all about employee performance. So KPIs, Mm -hmm. billings at an employee level, non-attendance reports, sales summaries and and, and things like that. Uh, And then there's the financial suite. Uh, So the financial suite of reports and the reporting in the system is vast. Um, but it's everything from account summaries to invoices to bulk file uploads to outstanding accounts and aging. Mm. Um, it go, it, it just goes on. So I'd probably say out of all, out of all of them, the financials is probably our, the one that is the strongest. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, while we're in the mode of, you know, releasing secrets, <laughs> inadvertently I <laughs> don't quite know where that one was, what, what do you envisage for Insight in the next 12 months? Yeah.
1: Oh, do you want to take uh, some of this on? <laughs> yeah.
0: Look- Leon, what have you got planned that Renato doesn't know about yet?
1: Well, look, there's a lot of developments in play at the moment, um, both major and minor developments. One of them he's already alluded to, which is the HR portal. Awesome. Um, that allows, like, like you said, all of the documentation relative to staff, qualifications, registrations, vaccinations, all of those things to be added against a staff record and really easily monitor those as well, both in reporting uh, capability. Also, we have the referral portal, which is a really exciting uh, development for us, again, championed by a large provider here in Australia who uh, basically has a need to accept referrals through a website and convert those referrals automatically to a client file in the system, which is all mapped
0: and set up in that process
1: of creating an external Am form. I
0: hearing the words waiting list?
1: Yes. Oh, We, <sighs> have, we already have a wait list. We already have uh, the waiting so list. This is... uh, <laughs> we have an additional, this will just be additional to the wait list and it will provide a much more streamlined process To not only selecting the right person for the client who's available based on their availability and their distance away from the client, how long it takes to travel for an appointment to the client or to another address, all of that built in with Google Maps features as well. So when we're converting a referral to a case, it's very easy to just stipulate that this case belongs to this particular person. It has this much travel time and distance and so on. And all of that is calculated automatically based on availability of staff members. So that's going to be a really exciting little feature. It's going to cut out that data entry that is primarily the largest data entry point you have in the system in terms of creating case files. Um, So really, I'm really looking forward to that. I've seen the development from scratch and it's looking brilliant. The other feature which is in the works, um, this is a a pretty long-winded feature in the sense that it will take us a while to develop, is our secure send and sign feature. Mm. Um, so that will involve links to a website where uh, a secure code is sent to the recipient of that particular document. They would open on a web page. They can fill in and sign on a web page and it auto-returns to the
2: file. So it's it, it, to, to an extent where um, what we want to do, we have a lot a lot of clients who are currently subscribing to DocuSign yeah. or Adobe yeah. Sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we, we want to take that subscription cost and pain away from them. And we're we're going to be creating a solution um which is which is underway but it's it, it's not scheduled for a release you know in in, in weeks mm-hmm. um, that uh that will be able to um accommodate that need.
0: Well mm. oh, that's a game changer. Yeah. And once again, it's that commitment to um compliance exactly. with where data sits. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's really well-controlled in the system. You've got to be in the client file to be sending from the client mm. file. So a lot of the time the mistakes that are made in human error these days can be completely eliminated with sending against the client. Yep. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're finding that it very useful. And uh, when we do speak about it, although we try not to until it's a, a close feature, uh, we get some pretty impressed reactions. So
0: <laughs> mm. Anything great. else we shouldn't be speaking about? Uh, nothing that
1: I'm willing to to divulge on just yet. Um,
0: Surprise and delight,
1: but we we do have a lot going on. Yes, as as well as API developments uh, currently underway with uh, POS terminals with um, NDIA with Medicare DVA, all of that's coming about. Um, i would say within the next month. So there's a lot happening in that space. Um, it's going to be a very yeah, like
2: our, our roadmap. Um, the, we we have a ticket. <laughs> You system.
0: mean our highway map? I'm yeah. just thinking that <laughs> Birmingham overpass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spaghetti
2: it, junction. It really, it really is huge. And one of the promises that I made uh, every time we, we put on an engineer, I, I, and I reflect on this every time we sort of joke around, is that you, you're never going to run out of work and you're never going to be bored. And um, I, I've kept that promise uh, for, uh, for a very long time the uh that roadmap is is huge. We um uh the the only thing that we uh don't have enough of is time.
0: Mm.
2: So um you know part of our part of our our job and I guess to a large extent it's it's Leon's it's you know he's got this vast vast roadmap of all of these great ideas, then sort of triaging well which ones are are we going to actually work on. Mm. Um but we do do multiple sort of developments in parallel. But, um, uh, yeah, right, I don't see us getting to the end of that anytime. <laughs> <yeah,
0: ever>. <laughs> it would be a worry if you did, if you run which, out of things to do. Which is good. Which yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. And a, lot of
1: that, a lot of that also feeds into the suggestions for improvement as well, the the data that comes from our client base that, that results in features being released yep. of that nature. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we have quite a large list of suggestions and we love it because at the end of the day, they convert to usable features. So, and, and usable features with the industries we service and provide services to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it very challenging to manage such a large list, but at the same time, very rewarding when you can get a deployment that works for providers.
0: Mm. And you get great feedback on it.
2: Yes. There's actually a a, a comment and uh, I it's right I'm a huge fiend of audible books, right? I uh-huh, listen uh-huh. to them to, to and from work every day. Um and I'm listening to one at the moment. I I, I won't sort of quote it. I'm not getting paid to quote it, but uh <laughs> but um one one of the, the 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 things that this gentleman um and he's one of the or he's the, one of the richest men in the world. Uh-huh. It's going to be hard to figure out who it is. Um, he says he never wants to be a day two company. Um, they always want to be a day one company. And a day one company is a company which is, it, it, it always has that startup mentality. Now, uh, we're clearly not a startup, but we want to have that startup mentality where we're never going to rest on our laurels, we're never going to slow down and smell the roses um you know the next challenge is just around the corner and uh and this particular individual does that um he takes it to a next level where any negative media criticism he has posted on his wall and you know he'll then look at that poster and then uh say well you know I proved you wrong mm. um and uh and this particular individual's obviously proven uh, the critics wrong many many times over, but he has that particular mentality of never wanting to be a day two company. So, yeah, we we want to constantly have that that startup mindset because I think that that gives you a level of hunger um, and, and freshness get, and curiosity and and you never forget yeah. where you've come from. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and always remain humble and and thankful.
1: I guess not being complacent, you know.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. yep. Always striving for better. Mm. Oh, what a beautiful way to kind of wrap this conversation. So I'll leave you guys to kind of have the, the last say on this. What would you like allied health business owners to know or to think about?
1: Oh, I guess, up, we're waiting.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> for what? Look, I, I, I think um, we're approachable. Mm. Talk to us, have a chat. Um, we, we, we definitely are, are not high-pressure sales or anything like that. Um, we're, the, we're here to have a conversation um, and and uh, accommodate your sort of time timeframes and schedules. And if, you know, you think that the product could potentially add value um, within your organisation, we're happy to try to facilitate that.
1: I can I completely agree with those statements. At the end of the day, if there's something you're unsure of or you need questions answered, we're here to answer those questions. And look, if it doesn't result in you being a customer of Insight, so be it. At the end of the day, you know ultimately, want providers on our software that not only champion the software to other providers but also enjoy the use of the software themselves. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't need people to be lying on our behalf. At the end of the day, we're just well. honest responses and.
2: An yeah. example of that is, like, in our contracts, we don't have any lock-in terms. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of our competitors will lock you in for 18 months, two years, whatever it happens to be. Um, we have no lock-in terms. If you ever want to leave the platform, you give us 30 well, days we'll leave notice it. and exit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're a client because we're providing you the service you deserve and you're getting value out of the platform, um, not because there's a legal obligation to, to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that's important yeah
0: yeah oh so good to finally get in the zoom room and get this episode out of our heads. thank you
1: Kathy (laughs) yeah appreciate it really
0: oh you're very very welcome I think what we need to make sure is that we touch base a little bit more often I know the odd pandemic will kind of send things to uh to crazy town but um let's make sure we kind of check in before the end of the year and see where it's up to and what other secrets you can
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm happy to do that, yeah. All
0: right, done. All mm. righty, all righty. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you very much.
2: Bye-bye. Have a lovely afternoon. Bye. Yeah. Bye.
0: So here's a little bit of extra conversation. We were just chatting after we hit pause, and we realised that we forgot to make some noise because we are in the fan club of Jenny Pither. So um, yes, are we? yes. Huge, Leon, speak to Jenny fan. Pither. Let her know, let her hear the love.
1: Yeah, look, Jenny and her team at Allied Health Admin Services have been absolutely amazing for us in terms of not only referring clients that they service and feel that would be better and more beneficial to be using Insight, but more so from a level of just general relationship building. They're absolutely amazing to deal with as a company. They help a lot of our clients in the, the services of entering the billables and invoicing clients, they deal with a lot of the bookkeeping side of things that providers don't want to deal with themselves. So um, big shout-out to Jenny and the team, and Jenny and Any, particularly who have been an absolute amazing um, relationship for us to have through this process and an onboarding partner that we uh, probably couldn't do without. You know, they've been absolutely brilliant, and Renato can
2: second that, I'm sure. Uh, they're, they're, they're absolute rock stars. Um Every every time I talk to them, I just I just have a, a huge smile. They're just <laughs> such beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I, I don't know what we did to 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 deserve to deserve them. Um but they're they're absolutely awesome. So um Jenny and our whole team are just incredible. So yeah, feeling really blessed with them.
0: Yeah. yeah so Jenny Pithard, um, we did a podcast with together a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to kind of hear this good egg of a human that who we all admire and respect enormously, there's um another story for your listening ears on that one. So thanks for jumping back in and adding a little bit extra. I'm sure the tickies will be able to well, <laughs> they won't make it seamless, but that's not the point. <laughs> the story, not perfection. That's right. <laughs> thanks guys. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Private Practice Made Perfect Podcast. For show notes and other resources, please visit practicemadeperfectpodcast.com. While you are there, you can subscribe for future episodes and continue your business adventure with me. And please be sure to share this and other episodes with your friends and colleagues. The Private Practice Made Perfect podcast is brought to you by Experts on Air Podcast Network.